right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. And this week we were cutting it close. My name is Caleb and with me as always is Craig. But we had some technical difficulties. Usually we record on Tuesday nights. We postpone until Wednesday and then Wednesday night rolled around. And Skype had a new version out which decided to cause some chaos with connecting the recording uh, app with Skype, so that didn't happen Wednesday night. So here we are Thursday night, getting this done so we can put it out on Friday. So it is still part of this week, and we get our job done, right? Man, free- Skype is just what is with these updates, man? Constantly updating, and you got to update your computers, and then you got to update your software, and you got to update this and that, and wow, man, give us a year or something. I know. Just- Seems to be months out. They're doing it. It's very frustrating because uh, for people uh, normally don't hear about this, but we get a lot, and so frequently there are times that we postpone just because of you know personal things with our schedules. But then there will be plenty of times that we have to postpone because we didn't realize that there were updates, or maybe a new update is not work. An updated program is not working with a non-updated program, which was the example last night. So there are plenty of times that we have to jump through these hoops. Fortunately, it hasn't been too much chaos usually during the season because we're recording on such a frequent basis that we don't uh, go too long in between without uh, double-checking things. But we're back, and we're back at it. And uh, before we get into the sports talk and everything, I am actually going to present a very um, interesting uh, intro topic of conversation here for you. Are, are, are you open for it, Craig? Sure, I'm ready. Okay. Hit me. Conspiracy theory time, okay? All right. All right. I saw something that I, I, I mean, it made me laugh, but... The more I read it and the more I thought about it, the more it kind of started making sense to me. So I'm not saying I believe it, but I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. So I read an article, uh, or not, it wasn't really even an article, it was a post, a uh, Facebook post. And uh, somebody was saying that uh, what if oxygen is actually poisonous and it's just that it's just so slightly poisonous that it takes around 85 years to kill us. <laughs> okay. So, so therefore, you know, obviously it builds and builds over time and that's mm-hmm. why your body begins to deteriorate and, you know, die and get uh, less healthy as time goes on because the more oxygen you have uh, taken in, the more your body has been exposed to it. Therefore, the more sickly your body gets over time. So what if you had, you were put yourself with pure oxygen, you know, like those that it's filtered out and it's literally pure oxygen. And you just sucked on one of those for 80 years. Would you like still look 20 or. Well, uh, well no, no. Cause this is the idea of saying that oxygen is the thing that's killing you. Oh, and so, so actually, if you have if you have too much oxygen, right? So pure oxygen is even worse. Yes, because uh, I mean that is the thing too. Like when you get put on oxygen, I don't know exactly how it works and what it does to your body necessarily, but you're not supposed to have uh, pure oxygen or too much pure oxygen because it can kill you or whatnot. I'm no doctor. This is just you know what what I see and what I know or what I've uh, heard. But uh, it's very interesting to me because, like I said, the more the more I read the post the more i thought about it and the more i thought about it the more it kind of was just like there are things here that might kind of be lining up to i don't believe it but it's just weird and eerie kind of how it could almost make sense because stuff that keeps you up at night doesn't it uh well no i actually sleep amazing like i don't believe that and i think you sit up and you literally your wife's sleeping getting ready to go to bed and you go you know honey what about oxygen did you ever think about, and she's like, honey, go to bed. Oh, no, she, no, no, no. She See, it's the exact opposite because she'll get something weird in her head, and she'll try to – she might bring it up to me, and I'm just kind of like, whatever. You know, I'm looking forward to sleep. So you know what I do? I fall asleep. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but no, like I um, 
there were some other things that I thought about with it, and I don't want to draw it out too long, but I was thinking, you know how there's that uh, conversation where people say people who live at higher altitudes are healthier and live longer? Mm-hmm. At higher altitudes, the air is thinner, so you're not taking in as much oxygen. Okay. So that backs up the idea and concept that oxygen could potentially be this thing that is killing us just in such small increments that uh, it kills you over time. And so if you're living at a higher altitude where the air is thinner, you stay healthier longer and you live a longer life. So let's say you put up camp at Mount Everest, which is probably what the highest peak in the entire world where the air is pretty thin and you have to have oxygen there to live. You'd probably live forever. Well, you'd freeze to death, so I guess you would live forever. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you would. You would most likely freeze to death. But then also with that, I think I think you might be getting a little bit too extreme there because if I'm not mistaken, if from what I remember seeing on the Discovery or History Channel or something, you have to have uh, oxygen assistance to survive at the top of Everest. So then right. you would almost be defeating the purpose of giving yourself too much oxygen. Right. Right. So, so you gotta find the balance, I guess. I guess you know what I'm gonna do from now on. I'm gonna start breathing very little, and holding your breath. <laughs> yeah, like a kid, right? <laughs> and like, we'll and we'll see if you uh, have a long life. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what people go. Man, dang, dude, you don't look like ten years later. Someone will go, man, you look the same age as you did ten years ago. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Just, I'm Caleb, just, uh, you know, oxygen's bad for you, so. I, I'm just here to help you out and all that good stuff. Wow, so it's good. Uh, so don't uh, quote me on it. Don't pan it. The listeners don't uh, take it as doctor's orders, but uh, conspiracy theory shared to the public. Oxygen is actually what's slowly killing you, and that is why we die. Well, it almost did. I mean, it took my gallbladder. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, you might you might be onto something here. I know that's that's I, I had to share. I've actually held on to that conversation topic for a couple of weeks now. So let us know what you think. Yeah, if anybody okay. wants to share their thoughts, yeah. I'm more than happy to hear and listen to them. And I'm intrigued if anyone else has ever had similar thoughts or anything like that. Or maybe there's another crazy conspiracy out there that is too crazy to be true, but just close enough to reality that. There might make, be some truth to it. It makes you wonder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, a good time with uh, things like that. So, well, we will. Uh, this is not a conspiracy podcast. This is a sports podcast. Specifically. Oh, some of these topics might be conspiracy theory. I don't know about that, dude. Yes, we do have some interesting ones today. So, we will go ahead and transition here and we'll jump right into the football talk here coming up. All right, all right, all right, all right. We are back talking about Michigan football, and uh, not sure exactly what order we'll go ahead and go in, but there has been a topic that has seemed like spread like wildfire, but is very odd and peculiar. It's one of those things where I think people jumped onto it, uh, where they read a title of something and they maybe didn't read the article. Because the article itself, to me, and I think to most, is quite comical and almost like a joke. But if uh, if you didn't hear, apparently, Jim Harbaugh is considered to be overrated by his peers. About that? Yeah. Who would have thunk? I know. So apparently his peers, all all of the coaches in college football think that he's overrated. But wait, it's actually not all of the coaches in Division One. So that's uh, what 128, 130 coaches. So uh-huh. they they uh, once you actually click on the article and go in and read it, you get interesting uh, information such as, um, <laughs> let's see, hold on, do do do. 
Uh, 48% of the respondents to this questionnaire or whatever that they had for the coaches uh, chose not to answer. <laughs> you can't agree. That's a lot. Yeah, but then, uh, but that's the 48% of the ones that actually responded. Uh, and other people that were included in the conversation of being overrated were Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Lovey Smith. Each got nine. Yeah, uh, 9%, which is, right. you know, not talking too long wow. about Nick Saban, but that's weird to have him included in overrated conversation. But so there, uh, and then they go into fur- further details. This is a, a questionnaire that was sent out by CBS Sports. They only asked 26 coaches, which just means. <laughs> Because then only uh, 48% chose not to answer. So that means three or four of them were the ones that answered Harbaugh. So out of 130 coaches, this is coming from three or four coaches. Right. And how many football teams are there out there probably? I think it's 130, what they're saying, active. But, uh, yeah, something like that. Right. (laughs) And you skew the CBS sports poll like that. Okay. Man, really? This, and then you get Nick Saban at nine percent of the vote. Okay, well, you see that where this is going. It, it's already something's wrong. I'm going. How do you get Lane Kiffin in there? And he really hasn't even been a coach in a while. He's assistant coach at Saban, and he hasn't even started with his new gig. And then Lovey Smith. I mean, that makes me laugh. I'm going. Lovey Smith inherited a pretty god awful what Illinois team, and and. You know, he hasn't even got his team up going yet. So give him a you know, couple of years and maybe he will. But well, I yeah, I, I the that list there of the top people that were voted for is just weird because um, but then, OK, I'm not good with the math and everything. So that means what one one vote or is it two votes per person for those? Right. Uh, some some really. It's either one or two, but um, for people to be saying that Nick Saban's overrated. Now, granted, you can present the argument of okay, if Nick Saban was because everybody knows it, everybody knows the SEC does it. Ole Miss got busted for it, and they still haven't been disciplined. They play dirty down there, not right. necessarily on the field, but they're recruiting and everything. We we know how that goes. Um, so people will think, okay, if you take that away from Nick Saban, where he doesn't have that guarantee of having the best players all the time, then they may think that he would not be as good as he is. And I agree with that statement. I don't think Nick Saban would have as much success. I think he would still be a successful coach, though. But to go as as far as saying overrated, I'm not sure about that. Well, at 9%, you give Nick Saban with, what, the four to five? Four to five? five national championships or yeah uh, yeah i think so but uh that's ridiculous i mean obviously nick saban is very well good coach and from what i hear he really works out you know his team really really well to the point where they almost like fall apart <laughs> so he's a great coach he really is i mean obviously like you said do they have some iffy things going on that might not follow the rules. Yeah, I mean, I I, I believe that. Um, like you said, with Old Miss getting caught in that web is true. But um, I mean, if you take this poll and you really flip it on and see her and you talk about it, it's kind of stupid. It's really you can't really get an accurate um, any. You can't get very accurate with only those amount of coaches what one fifth of the coaches <laughs> were polled and then it's it's re- it, the whole thing is just makes me laugh but um i mean i have my feelings on why they did it but um clickbait yeah it's clickbait and it's also one of those things where you know if you're only going to do a poll that's only going to drudge up that many coaches when there's only, there's so many more left and you want to go with that, fine. Okay, then let's work off that. Well, I also believe that maybe a lot of these charges or these um, Jim Harbaugh's overrated is probably because he's in the news. 
he's in the media more than any of these other coaches. You look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban's not in in the media. He's not on ESPN as much as uh, Jim Harbaugh is. Jim Harbaugh's in there all the time. You don't even get Lane Kiffin in there, and he you know he can be clickbait if he wanted to. Lovey Smith is probably the most quietest coach of them all, and he's at nine. But I mean anybody who stirs up the pot with anybody and that's Jim Harbaugh. That's why. And I think he, you know, maybe that lends itself to have people call him overrated. Maybe. And I could see why people would think that, but he's also a dang good coach. Everybody knows that. And it's, this poll is really useless. I think a lot of people know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we're trying to back it up in any way, shape or form, but uh, the way that I, that I could potentially see where people want to qualify it as overrated is and somebody shared it with me where somebody on some talk show or in an article explained it this way where they feel that some people if people are clarifying uh Harbaugh as being overrated by saying the hype and attention that he gets does not um par up with the results that he's had on the field right which is what i just said right yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. much exactly what you just said. Um, I can understand. I can understand that idea behind it, but that's not. I don't know. I, I don't feel like overrated. Exact is exactly the word with that because you're right. It is the just that he's getting all this attention. It's not people saying because uh, uh, when he gets the attention, most of the time it's not about people saying how good he is. It's just him getting attention about how he's recruiting or satellite camps or taking the team on a trip and different things or doing a rap video. That's the tension he's getting. It's not people usually saying Jim Harbaugh is the best coach in college football. Now, right. if you do that, that if the media was doing that all the time, yeah, then you would saying somebody's overrated would uh, fall more under that, that concept than people just talking about him all the time in the media. Right. And if you, well, basically, this poll really should just say not overrated, overhyped. Then maybe, I mean, if you substitute that, you could say, is Jim Harbaugh overhyped? Mm, I don't think it's his doing. I just think the media overhypes him. And so you get this is this is the poll you get. You get possibly coaches that are saying, is Jim Harbaugh overhyped? Okay, let's say he is, but it's not his fault. I mean, that's ridiculous to say, yeah, Jim Harbaugh's overhyped. No, I just think that he, he draws media attention. Heck, you get Paul Feinbaum always constantly talking about him. He doesn't even talk about his own team. He doesn't even talk about the SEC in Alabama. He talks about Jim Harbaugh and what everything reflects on him. And you get all these coaches, and heck, you had the Florida Florida State uh tight ends coach talking about Harbaugh and stuff like that. And it's it's constantly Harbaugh's in the news and people are ticked off at him because I think that's what they want to do. And I think it draws crowds and I think it draws it to them and people like it. And Jim Harbaugh knows it. I think he knows how to play that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's well, well that's, that's the thing too, is this just shows how much of a draw Harbaugh is because this article doesn't say some of Nick Saban's peers thinks that thinks that he's overrated. Because right. Nick Saban was listed as a coach that some one or a few coaches thought was overrated. No, they pulled Jim Harbaugh's name and put it on the title of the article. Right, because right. everybody talks about Jim Harbaugh and yeah. Jim Harbaugh attracts more attention in the media. That right there backs that up. Also, uh, something uh, quickly that I kind of want to ask your thoughts on because of the way that you were talking about it. Jim Harbaugh always has a purpose with what he does. Like, I don't think, and uh, I don't think, and I don't think most people think that anything he does is really by accident. And there's always a purpose. He's always trying to accomplish something through his actions. So do you think that he is always trying to get this attention or that it's just sometimes a byproduct of his um, unique tactics uh, in what he's trying to accomplish that draws this attention? Well, if, well, if you look at it this way, is we, we, we hired 
I think, one of the best coaches in the country. I know that for sure. But I also know that we hired one of the most eccentric. So if you take that and you put it together, is he already brought in, in a way, he already brought in his own um, uh, baggage. And Jim Hart brought it in, obviously, with how it went down with the 49ers and that kind of thing. And so, you know, it wasn't his doing, but the whole relationship with the owner and himself and him getting fired from his job and then coming in. Uh, and that whole stirring around the end of, uh, whether he's coming to Michigan or not. And then some of the things that he tactics that he uses to say, Hey, you know what? I can do the satellite camps. I can go over to people's homes. I can, you know, take them the trip to Rome and things like that are just things that we've never seen before. And Jim Harbaugh's stretching those feelers out to see what he can and can't do. And when he's doing it and it's just, it's not playing by the ethic rules or the rules of football, if you could say. And I don't think the coaches like that, you know, the other coaches around the country because they don't. But he is. And, and I think it rubs them the wrong way. And so maybe get a poll that says this. But I think that what you're saying is really, uh, uh, really cool that you mentioned that. And I didn't even think about that until you said it is to actually put Jim Harbaugh's name on the title is really interesting to to me to see Jim Harbaugh is overrated in the headline. Isn't the story to me. It's Nick Saban is at 9% right behind him is <laughs> With that many titles, that many national championships under his belt. How is he at 9% of the vote? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, my thoughts on the way that I was kind of forming that question and everything here before we move on, I, there are certain times that I don't doubt that Jim Harbaugh is doing things to get attention nationally from the media, but some people have said, um, I'm not sure necessarily if it's just sports fans or if I've seen something in sports media, where they say everything that Jim Harbaugh is doing is just trying to get attention. Uh, they'll say it from the standpoint of he's just trying to get attention on the program, so everything he's doing he wants to attract the media. Other people phrase it as uh, he's doing everything for attention because he wants attention on himself, which I think is even more uh, a larger crock of crap, however you want to say it. But I think that... Uh, mentioning how I said everything he does is deliberate. I think only some of the times he is looking for that national attention. And then other times it just naturally happens now because of the status that he has, because some of the things like the whole sleepover stuff and the climbing in trees, I don't really think all those different things that have been picked up by the national media were in his mind to get national media attention. I agree with that. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know. That that, that was my two cents on that. Just some uh, extra thoughts um, kind of in there on that subject then, line. Yeah, and then picking uh, Kansas State's Bill Snyder as a number one choice with, what, 24% of the vote at uh, the most underrated coach. So, um, which is pretty interesting. I mean, he's a good coach, but uh, getting up there in age, I think he's the oldest coach in in, in, in the NCA level, but uh, that's quite interesting. But you know what? I would like to see this poll done with way more coaches and to actually see coaches not even answer means I think a lot of them just said, this is pathetic. <laughs> I mean, for them not even answer, if you had 40% of the voters not just not even choose, choose the answer, probably means, look, I've got stuff to do. This is stupid. You know, I just think they're just going, man, we've got recruiting, we got practice, we got games coming up. September's right on its way, you know, a couple weeks now. And and you're asking us who's the most overrated coach? Come on. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I'm kind of wondering, too, if people didn't want to answer it from the crazy small possibility that somehow the information could get out on who said what about who. Right, so. yeah. That's another point. Yeah, another good point is who said what, right? That would be more interesting. I think a lot of people are more interested on who said what in this poll. Who's the who's the one that did say Jim Harbaugh? That would be interesting. Yeah. 
Yep, for sure. So, well, to keep on the subject of polls and uh, things like that, another subject that we were going to talk about uh, kind of spurred a little bit of an interesting conversation. Um, talking about the Big Ten Conference and specifically the Big Ten uh, Western Division, everybody has been uh, high on top of Wisconsin taking the Big Ten West again, um, which is something very frequent for that division year after year. Uh, so it'd be nice to be in that conf- uh, in that division for anybody because it seems like you can just steamroll right through it. But um, Wisconsin is the heavy favorite for the Western division. And so I put out a poll there on Facebook as well as Twitter on who people think will be the closest contender for the Western division or possibly even upset Wisconsin to go to the Big Ten title game. Uh, Kind of interesting, not a lot of interaction on the Facebook one. Uh, The numbers were kind of low, but the people who saw it, there were uh, six votes for Nebraska, five votes for Northwestern, and five votes for Minnesota, and no votes for Iowa. And then, of course, nothing past that. I only had the four selections there. Um, not too surprised about that. But before I get to the Twitter, uh, did you see the um, results from the Twitter one? No, I'd be interested to see that one. Okay. Now, I, I want to get two answers from you, Craig. One, I want to get your thoughts on who you, who you think will be the closest contender. And then I want you to uh, share your thoughts on what you think the results were from the Twitter poll. Because that one got more uh, interaction on Twitter. Yeah, this is really, really interesting because we're talking about, um, you know, obviously I think you and I both were going to pick Wisconsin to win at West Division. So based on who they got to play and um, things like that. But um, but one thing I think it just came up and you and I, you know, we just got word is their uh, inside linebacker, their stud inside linebacker for Wisconsin was hurt. So, and he's out for the season and, uh, uh, his name, um, was it Jack Cinchy? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Cinchy. I think he's one of the, their best. In fact, uh, unfortunately he gets, he's a little injury prone, but he is, he is literally the cat, almost the captain on the defensive side. So he's an inside linebacker and he got, uh, he's out with the torn ACL for the year. That kind of changes everything to me. So that makes your poll a little bit more interesting now, doesn't it? So oh, yeah. um, um, th- this is interesting. Uh, I'm kind of looking at everything and schedules and who's doing what. Um, I would – I more and less would probably lean towards with uh, Nebraska – at this stage because they're uh they got a pretty good team i know they got to go at uh oregon in the second game but uh it's pretty favorable but they you know they got to play they play uh wisconsin at home and nebraska's already tough at down there so um then they got to play ohio state but um it's a toss-up between i think nebraska and minnesota just because they get i think they got what fleck the new coaches over there at Minnesota and, and uh, so my, I guess I'm going to lean towards Nebraska on this. So Okay. And what do you think the results of the Twitter poll were? Like, what I do you, think, what do you think people, uh, the majority of people said? I think in the, in the, probably in the, the majority probably was going to lean probably towards like Northwestern or something. Why do you say Northwestern? Um, uh, I think cause they're upcoming. I think, you know, Fitzpatrick, um, is great coach. Um, is it Fitzpatrick? Fitzgerald? I forget his name. Um, uh, Pat, it's Pat Fitzgerald. Pat, Pat Fitzgerald. Right. Uh, great coach, but, um, look, Northwestern's got to go at, um, at Wisconsin, they got to go at Duke, and Duke's not bad. They're not a bad team, even though they're a, a basketball college. But they got to go um, at Nebraska too, so uh, that's a little bit tough. But the rest of them are at home, so 
Um, I think I think Northwestern can beat Michigan State, so I just don't think they're going to beat Wisconsin regardless, and I don't think they're going to beat uh, Nebraska at home. Um, and then I I think they'll lose to Duke too. So, um, but it is interesting. I'm looking at their schedule, and it's pretty interesting. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would say Nor- Northwestern just because I think it's a nice little. I think people like. I think Michigan likes Northwestern. <laughs> I I am very surprised that you said Northwestern. I am even more surprised because you're actually right. <laughs> am I? No. Yeah. Way. Okay. So uh, so you said you said you picked Nebraska, right? Didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, in the uh, in the fans, the fans said. Thirty percent said Northwestern. Then right behind that was twenty nine percent Minnesota, and then twenty four percent Nebraska. So it was pretty close. Wow. Okay. Uh, but so, Northwestern it, did uh, pull ahead. I I was relatively surprised. So, um, I I am torn between. You know, I do like what uh, Pat Fitzgerald is doing, and. Um, I think he's a good coach, and I think they have a really good. They're supposed to have a good quarterback coming back or something. Uh, they've got a couple of good players coming back, but I do agree with you where I think the schedule is kind of not in their favor. So I'm yeah. more torn between Nebraska and Minnesota. And you mentioned uh, kind of the some of the favorable things with Nebraska's schedule. I think it is especially with that injury to Wisconsin that is between those three then, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota. I think it's anybody's game. Personally, I think Wisconsin, because of that injury and maybe some other question marks, is not quite going to make it this year um, to the title game. And I'm going to lean it to Nebraska, but I don't think it's out of Minnesota's reach. I, I do think yeah, that would right. be it quite insane for PJ Fleck to come in and get the division his first year. But he does he is an innovative coach. So he might put all his cards on the table in his first year and know that he has essentially the element of surprise on his side and try to take everything in his first year. Yeah. And they got a pretty good favorable schedule minnesota does they got well they play the first games at buffalo with a win and then they go to oregon state at oregon state i think i think they'll lose that game because oregon state always does a really good job um but then they go to middle tennessee and then they're at maryland and then they go at purdue they'll win that game and then i think they they go and then they play at home Michigan State goes to Minnesota. I think Minnesota can get that game just based on Michigan State having a losing so many players and just having a tough year. And then they go, or they stay at home, and Illinois comes in town, and they be. I think they will win that game. And then they go to Iowa, and like you said, Iowa's always tough at home. And then they go to Michigan after that, and I think they lose to us. But uh, and then, yeah, and then at home they got Nebraska, and then at Northwestern. And then at Wisconsin, and then at home with Wisconsin. So, yeah, that's that's a good question. It's a really good question because it's you know it could be any of those three that come out of there. Maybe it's Iowa, but I don't think a lot of people are picking Iowa just because of what they're um, new breaking in a new quarterback. Is that why? Or yeah, they lost a few uh, good players from last year. Also. Um... I will. This is something that I forgot to mention that I really believe that will come down to. I think it will come down to the Minnesota Wisconsin game um, for deciding who's going to win the West Division. And it could be from the aspect of those might be the two leading teams, or it might come down to uh, do you know, is it Nebraska, Iowa? Do they play the last week? Um,. Yeah, they play in the last game. Yeah, is it? Where's it at? It's at Nebraska. Okay, because um, maybe it comes down to where, say, Wisconsin and Nebraska are tied, and so then Nebraska is able to get the win that week, uh, and then it matters if Wisconsin able to beat Minnesota or not. 
Like, I think it will kind of come down to that. Like, maybe not Wisconsin and Minnesota leading the division, but at least one of them will be. And then I think Nebraska will be right there. So that's those will be key matchups right there. It'll it'll be interesting to watch. Oh yeah, totally. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I still think Wisconsin will get it just based on obviously losing one of their best linebackers for the season. But um yeah. So that's that'll be interesting to see who comes in second. Well, what we think will come in second place there. But uh it's a, good, it's a good poll question. It's kind of all over the place. So, Yeah, it's been a while since doing it. Yeah, a little bit surprising, too. Yeah. At first, I was uh, shocked about the Northwestern, but then I kind of looked at it more, and I was like, oh, okay, that's not that's not too insane. So, okay. Um, I believe this might be one of our last topics here. But uh, the thing that we've talked about a lot during the off season, the thing that we talked about a lot at the end of last season, and uh, we've been hoping, wishing, praying, crossing our fingers that good things will come in 2017, and it looks like it might happen, um, and that is dealing with the offensive line for the Michigan Wolverines. If uh, any of you don't know, uh, there's a great resource online uh, who has been a radio person. Uh, he was in radio for years and has close ties to Michigan. He has a website mostly focusing on Michigan football, but he also talks about a couple other sports here or there. I think maybe the lines as well. But um, his name is Greg Henson. And uh, Craig was actually the one who directed me his way. And I think he was one of the first people that started talking about Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan. Uh, So he definitely has some information that most people don't. But uh, he talked about the current situation of the offensive line, uh, that people close to Michigan are having good things to say, um, that – I don't know if you would necessarily say they're ahead of schedule or at least bonding well and performing at a high level. Um, And they have a guess for what the offensive line is going to look like. So, Mm -hmm. Craig, do you have that list in front of you? Yeah, it is quite interesting. I mean, you know, left tackle, you got uh, Cole. Um, He says where his his Sources say Cole and then Bredesen at left guard and then uh, right guard. You have Unwenu and then at right tackle either Runyon or uh, Bush Biddy. So, and then the, I think the one thing that's really bit interesting is that center is Ruiz, and everybody knows Ruiz is a rookie. So that tells me Ruiz is either doing really really well. Um, look, Ruiz is a I think a high four star, probably very low star, uh, five star recruit that we got. I mean, he was one of the, I'd say the star guy we got last year. So I'm not surprised by this, but I'm just surprised that right out of the gates that he would start at center. But um, that tells you that they're either high on him or he's got a lot to offer or he's really doing great in camp. So that one was really interesting to see. Yeah, I see. I have down, and I see that he was a four-star. I think that's a composite ranking. Right. Uh, so he was a four-star. But, uh, but yeah, interesting to see. And I will go ahead and mention, for those of you who don't know, going back down that list, um, kind of positive things to look at the future for the offensive line because Cole is the at left tackle is the only senior uh, that was listed there. And mm-hmm. then you have, uh, following him, the only uh, junior is a redshirt junior, and that was uh, Bush Betty. Yep. And then after that, you have three sophomores that were listed, uh, one being a redshirt and then the other two just being sophomores. So that's uh, Runyon on Winu and uh, Bredesen. And like yeah. you mentioned, Craig, uh, Ruiz is uh, – uh, Greenhorn freshman coming in. So, I mean, you're looking at that's a list of um, six people for five positions, and four of them are freshmen, sophomores. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that is very promising for the future of having a good offensive line next year with players that have good experience and things like that. So, and not saying that it doesn't mean that this year can't be good. I mean, they they could be still fantastic this year, but looking forward, that is nice to see because I don't know if there is any, I don't think so. I don't think there's a chance of Bushel Betty uh, going to the draft early. So he should have another year. And uh, so it looks like the only person that we're going to be losing is Cole. Right. And that's the thing is I like that mix. I like that mix of uh, sophomore and freshman. And then you got uh, a couple other others there, but that'll be here a long time. And that tells you how good this offensive line will be next year. And then possibly the year after that, always rotating, getting younger ones in there. Like how I think I mentioned that in the last podcast saying you want to have that senior leadership, but you also want to get some sophomores and freshmen maybe, I always said uh, some. you want a mix of juniors, sophomores in the mix. That way you're always rotating when you have a year where a lot of players like are gone or, you know, it's not that much of a, a blow to us as this last past year was. So, but uh, yeah, this list is great. I, I, you know, when, when, when I see this, when, they go up against um, Florida. That's where the true test will be. And let's see what kind of holes they create for uh, Evans and Higdon and what's happening with them. So, Yeah, very, very interesting to watch. And we've already been talking about that for a long time. So we're as high on our list, uh, our watch list for the 2017 season, that's for sure. So uh, we have a little bit more time. Um before we need to wrap things up. So there is one more thing that I'll go ahead and mention. I'm not sure if you saw it, Craig, but there was an interesting thing posted and I am going to have to apologize. I don't can't remember who specifically it was, but I, I thought it was interesting because I noticed that was not a typical Michigan reporter and it was somebody from out of state even. And I think uh, looking into it further, it was actually somebody from Pennsylvania um, so I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, Craig, but um, nope. they put out there, she was saying that she had, she heard things or had uh, connections or inside information that, oh man, I wish I, I, maybe I should look it up to see exactly what it said, but essentially it was saying, Will and Spate is going to start for Florida for Michigan, and then they're going to test out Brandon Peters in the next two games after that, and then make a final decision on who the official starter is for Michigan uh, for the fourth game. Uh, that's uh, that's baloney. Did you uh, did you hear anything about that, or is that the first time you're hearing about that? No, it's the first time I'm hearing about that. I don't believe that though. I mean, what you're telling me, I don't. I just don't think the only time. Look, the only time you're going to see, let's say, Spate starts. The only time you're going to see Brandon Peters get in there is if we've if we're manhandling or we're, we've got Florida up against the ropes and we've handled them pretty well, and then you get get Brandon Peters in there, which I'd like to see. So, but to say that that they're going to rotate, I don't. That's I just can't see Jim Harbaugh and Pep doing that. I just that's just not their mo. <laughs> I just. I mean, you've got Rudock, and then you had Spate all last year, and then this year they're just going to rotate and see who does the best. I mean, this isn't – I just don't think these games are made for that. I just can't see that with, within them to do that. So. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. Like, when I read it, I was just like, what? what is this garbage? Like, why – I, I've never heard of this from not seeing that ne- necessarily we have crazy sources or anything, not heard of this from any Michigan source, not heard of this from any of the Michigan reporters. So why is this person who is not a reporter for Michigan uh, somehow have this inside information that nobody else has and nobody else is talking about? Right. So yeah. I don't think they, uh, they would do that to the fans. It's just no way. I mean, it's almost like you're treating this like a practice. See who does well uh, during the game, and then whoever does well, the best starts. It's kind of it's. We know that Jim Harbaugh takes quarterbacks and he builds confidence. 
And even if that confidence is shaken, and he did it with Rudock. I mean, how many people are clamoring for Rudock to get the heck out of there against Utah? You know, and I think, you know, even I was like, whoa, you know, three picks or whatever. This is not good, but he stuck with them, and then you saw him get better and better as the game went. So uh, I think Jim Harbaugh has a lot of faith and gives uh, – I, I don't think he wants to shake the confidence of a quarterback. I don't think that's in Jim Harbaugh's nature to do that, so I just don't believe this at all. So, Yeah, no, I don't either. So, man, dang it. I thought I retweeted it, but I'm not coming across it right now. Because it was from a while ago, so um, yeah, that was just very strange, very odd. I don't know what was behind that, but it was it was weird. Um, so I wanted to share that, and then still got a little bit of time. Uh, maybe get your reaction and everything, and trying to see if I can find the official list because I know who two of them were. But uh, some more honorary captains were announced. Yep. You remember seeing that? And did you see the uh, phone call that uh, Harbaugh had with uh, Charles Woodson? I did. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was pretty cool. Because I, I saw the announcement before I watched the video. And if you haven't seen the video of Jim Harbaugh's call with uh, Charles Woodson inviting him to be the honorary captain for this year's Ohio State game at Michigan Stadium, uh, it, it's... It's classic. It's a classic phone call right there. And then also, I don't know what game, but uh, Adam Schefter is scheduled to be an honorary captain. And there was a third one. Do you remember who it was? Mm, no. Oh, I can't. I, that's going to kind of bug me now who it was. But there was a third one announced. So if you have happened, because that was, that was a little while ago. So if you have happened to go this far without hearing that, there's that information for you, but I am super excited about Charles Woodson. When I saw, I, I, like I said, I first saw Charles Woodson is going to be an honorary captain. I was like, oh, cool. Then I saw and I realized that he was going to be the honorary captain for the Ohio State game, and I was like, that is going to be awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. there's going to be some hate and animosity and there's already, first of all, that is already going to be such chaos because of what happened in Columbus last year. Yeah. So to bring yep. bring those Buckeyes up into our house, but then not only that, but to bring up bad blood and bring in Charles Woodson. <laughs> that's you <may> have ascots. <laughs> it's it's going to be good. Yeah, it is, and that's the thing. He's you know he's he's. An analyst for the NFL, which is great, and he's obviously, to me, and I think to most Michigan fans, one of the best, well, the greatest Michigan, I think, player of all time to ever come to our college. So, But, yeah, he is uh, – I think he's going to get the team pumped up, man, for this game. So, Oh, ab wait absolutely. Wait to hear what he has to say. But, yeah, he's, he's one of the best. Yeah, it's uh... – that's always a great week to get excited for each year. But, yeah, this don't have to talk about what happened last year, but it's there's going to be more stuff added to it this year. And it will be interesting to see where both teams sit going into that week because I think that people are – that Michigan's going to be sitting at a better spot than people think. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay, all right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, – Keep things rolling and transition here into some closing thoughts. Okay, all right. So uh, before we let you guys go, we always want to make mention uh, that if you do want to reach out and contact the show, either share your thoughts or if you have any questions, you can always email us at bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter uh, pretty much daily. Uh, you can find us at bluebros underscore and then our names. So that's at B-L-U-E-B-R-O-S then underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And 
We have our favorite voicemail. Uh, if you do want to share your thoughts, voicemail is the best way to do it. You can give a call to 551-258-3276 and leave a short voicemail. And we can go ahead and um, play that while we're talking on the show here. That's an easy to remember because it is 551 Blue Bro. So here we are. It is August. Uh Today is 23 days until Michigan football. It's going to be exciting. It is the first yeah. game is a an away neutral game and everything, but I will say if everything works out well, we'll be at quite a few games this year, home games, and I haven't even shared with Craig yet. I'm going to break the news to him after we get done here recording, and I hit the stop button. But I've acquired a couple things that I'm excited to try and use when we're at home games. And so if we get this off the ground and running or off the ground and flying, I don't know what the correct term would be, off the ground. Anyways, if this gets off the ground and gets rolling, um, I think it'll be really cool and really exciting for uh, things. uh, It's a fan interaction thing for uh, game days down in Ann Arbor. So you guys might have to be on the lookout for us when we're there then and uh, get in on some of the action. Yeah, so. come up to us, talk to us. Yeah, we love the fan interaction, so it's really what we're about. So, Yep, absolutely. And I've been testing some equipment and things like that, and I'll share here with you in a minute, Craig, but I think we have something new that we can uh, participate in for game day. So we'll be talking about that. But lots to be excited about. Um, it is the cusp of college football. Uh, the NFL preseason has already been going on. Perhaps tonight you were watching Peppers as he was playing with the Browns in one of their preseason games and everything. But college football is nearly here. Uh, hold on. We'll be there soon enough. But when you're listening to this, chances are it's Friday or the weekend. So congratulations for making it through another week. Enjoy it, and as always, go blue. Go blue.